0: If something's on your mind Making hey, you mad tips To stay kind, take time to breathe Put your head at ease
1: And let's talk about it I'm delighted to announce this week's talented young musician is Megan Richardson with her original song, Mira Maze. If you like what you hear on this episode, then you should give her a follow on Instagram at megan.richardson underscore music. Her Instagram can also be found on my own Instagram page, at underscore talk about a podcast where I have posted the announcement of her feature on my episode. Megan is a 19 year old singer songwriter from the UK and is my first ever young musician to feature from outside of Ireland which I'm so excited by. You can go check out her YouTube channel to listen to more of her music. You can also find her on Amazon Music, Apple Music and indeed Spotify. So without further ado this is Mirror Maze by Megan Richardson.
0: Mirror maze, hiding in the dark space. I can see all of my mistakes I once made. Please go away. My mirror, mirror maze. More than once I myself down. Regrets running round and round. Yeah, I thought I'd hit the ground, and I did. All the secrets, all the sound. Never lost, but always found. Around and I'm surrounded by fear. That me tell you that I make one mistake. I think about it too much. Turns into through grass, and I'm sick of it for now. up with my dread, a handshake with 6,000 things I've got to do, and not enough time. So now I'm wrong See, so I'm running My mirror maze can't slow me down Cause I know the path to well now Life goes deeper than it seems Than the reflections that we see So don't be led astray by anyone Yeah, you have the key When you face the rising tide But then the waves are by your side Just think there will be a day When those waves will subside I'm a I think about it too much Turns into three regrets And I'm sick of it for now But I don't need to think about it All the time, yeah, I know Exactly where I need to go from.
1: so I'm delighted to say that this week's episode is another short film episode I know a lot of you love it it's one of my most popular episodes so this week I'm delighted to welcome 21 year old short film director, Daniel Heafy. He is the director and editor of the film uh, One Night in Cork. I had the honour of watching this film and it is just fantastic. I am so excited for everyone to watch it. You can find the link in my description below of the episode. So after this interview, you can go have a listen to it. Daniel is joined with me here now. How are you? Hi, how's it going? I'm really well. How are you keeping?
2: Too bad now. Thank you for having me.
1: That is great. You're very welcome. So, you're here today to talk about your new short film, One Night in Cork. And I just yes. finished watching it there twice. I watched it twice because it was just too good. And, oh, cool. Thank I re- you so much. Oh, you're so welcome. I really, really enjoyed it. And, Thank you. okay, I don't want to go spoiling anything now. So, for people listening, do you want to tell them a little bit about what the film is centered on?
2: Yeah. So, basically, it's about these two young people named Killian and Orla. I play Killian in the film. And, um, Another really talented actress named Lucy uh, Lucy Cooney plays Orla, and um, it's about the two of them meeting during the pandemic online and kind of the relationship they begin to form. And right as they're about to go on their first proper date, um, Orla is forced to quarantine and uh, Killian basically takes on a virtual date around Cork City via FaceTime and they just begin to bond and you kind of learn about their own personal struggles um in the face of a pandemic so it's kind of a coming of age type film obviously with a pandemic type twist to it yeah
1: and it's wonderful to see those pandemic twice those pandemic twists to it because i've seen so many you know i've heard of so many people who have met people online during covid like i was it relates to me a little bit as well, because when I started my podcast, I got to meet all these people, but everyone was online. Um, and I still haven't met a lot of people who I'm in contact exactly. with because of COVID. So to see to see who put into that, in, that into a film, it was just brilliant to see. And I related to it a lot.
2: Yeah, I think it's nice as well to have uh, a film about the pandemic that kind of centers on young people specifically, you know, because I think a lot of the time, as they should, there's a lot of film about nurses and doctors and things like that like absolutely but i think this is very much just about the everyday Kind of person. I think that's kind of that's nice too. It's interesting. It's a different perspective on it,
1: definitely as well. And I love in Ireland. Anyway, what they were saying a lot was when the cases were going up, it was all the young people's fault that you know we're out partying or doing whatever. Yeah. When a lot of us exactly. weren't about. I'm going to say ninety percent of us were actually obeying by the rules. Me being in that ninety percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. Because I had I had family who was in the high risk. I had friends who were in high risk. I've talked mm-hmm. about this before. Uh, so, you know, to see a short film about like young people actually obeying the rules is quite good. as Exactly. Like,
2: yeah. Yeah. Killian yeah. <laughs> C- Orla, the two characters in the film, I think they're quite uh, they're quite wholesome they and uh, conscious of the situation. <laughs> so uh, probably a positive message to put out there.
1: Yeah, definitely. And can you tell me how you went about writing the characters and how you went about just just writing the film, really?
2: Yeah. So, well, first of all, I wanted to do something that was kind of coming of age uh, centered. Like I'm only 21. So I kind of think like, right, if you're going to do a film with that kind of youthful feel, that's probably the best time to do it for him. You know, it'd be a bit weird if I was like 30 and making a, yeah. <laughs> that kind of film. So yeah. um, so that was kind of the main inspiration for it. And I was kind of inspired by a lot of different films like Parks and Wildlife, Spectacular Now. Um, but then obviously um, Covid was it was a huge thing and I kind of think that in a way all the films that are about Covid now are almost like a, a time capsule Um, you know the, 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 there will never be a generation that can make films about it with such a fresh fresh perspective um, so I kind of combined the two and um, also I kind of have this weird um, love of like cities at night I think there's something just so beautiful and like especially on screen like visually yeah visually pleasing about them so it was just a lot of different elements I had in my head, so I kind of tried to weave them together. And as for the characters, then I just wanted to, as you were saying, like I wanted to write two characters that were very kind of uh, sweet and pure. And I think that um, they both kind of have their own struggles. And I think they both kind of help each other out of it. And a lot of films with the pandemic are kind of dark obviously and really heavy and that's true to life but I think the film is also really kind of nice and, and hopeful as well so um, it was about kind of almost getting something good out of something that was clearly very very bad
1: no definitely and the message throughout was just absolutely beautiful like I loved I love the Ooh. last about minute of the film especially where or I'm not going to spoil it but yeah. where Orla is kind of like looking back at the situation they're in and then mm-hmm. you know trying to remain hopeful and I think that's just so it's so beautiful to see as well um, and for me as well, I was, I was really, uh, touched by, I don't know if you were purposely put this in, but the mental health aspect of it as well, you know, you could see Orla and Kian visually struggling during this time as everyone was. Um, so to, to exactly, speak, yeah. you know, bonding and having that human connection. was just so beautiful throughout the entire, throughout the entire film.
2: Exactly. Yeah. It wasn't, for me, it wasn't a thing of like. I really wanted to show a character that had a certain mental health condition or Mm. struggling in a certain way but it was just the kind of subtle things that you can kind of pick up there's never really a huge um kind of explicit conversation of what is actually wrong with them or what's affecting him you just kind of get the feeling that he's lonely and isolated as everyone else was so um i think it was all about just trying to make it as as relatable as as possible and even though some of it's obviously quite heavy and sad unfortunately, quite true to life in in the last few months.
1: Yeah, and it definitely was a film very true to life. And I'm so glad, you know, because everyone was lonely in that time, whether you were living alone or or had a house full of people. I think everyone did kind of come into themselves a little bit. Um, Uh, So it was beautiful to see that come across in the film so naturally as well. Um, yeah, fantastic acting Thank for you both, I have to say. It was just, yeah, really beautiful film. So the Thank process so of filming with COVID, what was that like? I'm always fascinated because I myself am an aspiring filmmaker. I've been trying to write a script now for a while. And with COVID, oh, cool. it's just been a complete disaster. Um, <laughs> so I always admire people yeah. who get out there and film during all kind of weathers and, and storms and pandemics, everything. So can you tell me what the experience was like?
2: Well, fortunately, the, a big part of the idea was being able to create a story that could work around COVID, you know, like the, yeah. the whole plot of the film is about people not being together. So kind of worked in my favor that way. Um, but the logistics of it, basically, um, Lucy who plays Orla, we filmed all her scenes on Zoom to begin with, and I just acted with her. And then we took just her footage And Adam Toomey, who um, I worked in the film with, he was a huge collaborator um, on the project. Um, He put the kind of FaceTime symbols on and then we downloaded it as an MP4, put it onto my phone and then me and Adam shot my scene separately. So me and Lucy never actually, even though we were a virtual, we never actually filmed like at the exact same time. It was all like old footage that I was watching as as we were doing those outside scenes. So um, it was definitely strange because half the time I was just looking at it Blank phone and just uh, and and speaking to it, which was kind of weird. But um, uh, yeah, it definitely was the kind of COVID way of doing things, and and all like we've uh, Chris Ledgerich who did the the music in the film and a few artists and bands who who supplied music to it. That was all just done through email or Instagram DM. And um, besides Adam and um Patrick De Castro who worked on it as well, who did the kind of drone shots of the city in the film, um, didn't actually physically meet with anyone. Oh, wow. During the project. Yeah. Which is very, very strange because I feel like now I really know them so well because we've worked on this for so long. But Mm. um, yeah, it's only those two who I actually was physically in contact with. So, yeah.
1: Wow. That's incredible. It sounds like you have a huge team behind you as well. I mean, the artists and and the people who are doing the cameras and the editing crew, you forget, you forget sometimes that there can be such a big um, there is such a big community behind a film. Sometimes you watch it and go, oh, that's nice because you see the people in front of you on the screen. There's so many people working behind the scenes. It's incredible.
2: Yeah, that's the thing. And even, you know, as I was saying, it's quite a youthful film, but even behind the scenes, it really kind of felt like that. Like we're all kind of in our twenties. So I felt like it was, it was nice. It was like a lot of young people coming together, kind of sharing our talents. Like, cause none of us could do everything. Like I definitely, can't do music and I'm sure like a lot of musicians aren't fil- experienced with the kind of filming sides of things mm. and some of us aren't actors so we all kind of brought different things to the project and um it was the first time I really made anything that was like a lot of people involved like usually mm. I kind of worked on smaller things myself um but it was a really nice experience it kind of I think it took everyone out of their 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 comfort shell in a way so it was nice
1: yeah that's great um can I ask why you got into filmmaking actually because well do you want to tell us a little bit about like maybe what well, during your on in, quirk for college i believe and study yes that's
2: it. yeah yeah um yeah i do uh create a digital media and cit so it's really broad there's a lot of um creative aspects to it there's like coding graphic design there's, there's a lot of different things but um video production is definitely the thing i've always geared towards i think it's because when i was younger i did i i studied acting since i was like i started doing drama when i was like six mm. and you know when you're six you just kind of do it because it's it's fun and it's something to do but as i got older i kind of really thought oh this is this is really really cool and i want to do more of this and um i think then if you're interested in acting you're just inherently interested in film then and i was always even at a young age i was really fascinated with like learning off the names of all the actors who were in films and who directors and who editors and and whatever so I thought then when I went to, to college, like at first I thought like, I'm just gonna, I was like, this is it, I'm just gonna be an actor. But obviously I was kind of thinking, you know, you probably have a backup and creative digital media was that for me. And uh, I I kind of really fell in love with the kind of video production side of things too. So I would say I kind of love the acting side and the um, physically making the film side equally as much now. So um, this project kind of gave me the chance to do both, which was nice.
1: Amazing. That's really good that you just have found the area that you love I think so many people suffer with, suffer from that like they just don't know yeah. what they want to do when they when they leave school yeah
2: especially during COVID as well like if you have yeah I feel like if you had something that you really like and you really enjoy and something that can kind of keep you going like if you have an outlet it really does really does help like especially during times like that where there's not a whole lot else going on you know
1: yeah and during COVID for you what was that like for you personally like with college. And and COVID, I say it was I say it was a challenging, a challenging thing to go through.
2: It was, of course, yeah. I mean, all college was online, obviously, and uh, and it was just a very strange time. But I think, in a way, it was also I don't want to say it was nice because obviously it wasn't, but it also kind of gave me a chance to there was loads of like creative things that I wanted to do for a long time that I was kind of putting on the back burner, or being like, you know, I'll get around to that, or or or, or maybe one day I'll do that, and. Um, like, as I mentioned, the film is, as the time we're recording this now, it's being shown at the, the Indie Cork Film Festival. And that's something I always wanted to do, but I always kind of never really made the right moves to kind of go about it. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like when you've nothing else to do, that's the kind of time where you think like, OK, that project I've been holding off on, now's the time to do it. Or this thing I've always wanted to do, why not do it now? You know, there's there's not a whole lot of, um, whole lot of excuses at the time to <laughs> kind of do nothing. You know what I mean? Like, you might as well just uh, do what you want to do.
1: Exactly. What was the biggest thing you actually took from COVID-19 or you you embraced during that time? Because I think everyone kind of discovered parts of themselves or even just maybe, I don't know, just did something completely different. And it sounds like you did.
2: Yeah, it's a good question. I think um, it's a good question. I think it kind of, without sounding like too dark or heavy, it kind of made me, I know it sounds cheesy as well, Mm -hmm. but it made me realize that life is short and I really Mm -hmm. just should go for things because you never really know. Um, you never really know what's going to happen and uh I think especially when you're young you kind of have to take every opportunity that you get and kind of go for it because um you know even when like say restrictions ended or things lifted I was kind of like all right let's make the most of things now and let's let's go out and do things and let's make stuff because you know God knows how, how long any of it's going to last so um I think just that and also just obviously just being grateful for a lot of things I probably wasn't as grateful for because I kind of just took them for granted before you know what I mean so yeah. um little little things just like you know going to a restaurant out just brings so much excitement
1: it does I went to you <laughs> you a know? restaurant last yeah. night actually for the first time and I don't know how long and I think we all were so excited to get in the door and there was a good there's a good group of us we all sat along this one big table and it was just Man. like I actually can't I uh, the food was lovely but it was just actually just being there in a restaurant I was like I don't need to eat anything I could just sit here and be happy
2: exactly um, yeah Amazing. We,
1: yeah it's just it's just amazing yeah. what you just take for granted as well during during that time
2: exactly yeah 100% and um I think that's also to a, a theme of the film as well. Just kind of making the most of what you have. Um, kind of, as you said, it's what Orla's saying at the end of the film. So uh, yeah, there's a lot of kind of universal themes surrounding it. So
1: Definitely. yeah. De- is a script wise as well. I'm always fascinated with scripts. What I do... Uh, what I've done recently is I've started rewatching my favorite films, but have the script in front of me and reading the script, because I feel like you're <laughs> more aware of the dialogue when you do that. And I was listening to the dialogue then in your film, and it was just so well done. It was so natural. And I think it's really hard to get across in a script sometimes. So what was your writing process, if you will?
2: It's very strange because when I'm especially when I'm writing dialogue for characters, I I, I can never figure out why I get a certain character to say what they say. It almost kind of comes very naturally before mm. I write anything. I kind of make an outline of, okay, who the character is, what their mindset is, what they're like. So then anything I write or anything I get the characters to say is kind of based on, on on who they are and the kind of inclination I have of their, of their, of their personality. And I think a lot of it as well, though, comes down to the actors. Like when you read a script, I think there's so many times that could be, Kind of misinterpreted like there was certain lines in the script I was like okay is this is this cheesy is this melodramatic is this over the top but then when I hear like for example when I heard Lucy saying some of the lines I was like oh no that's the exact the exact right note to play it mm-hmm. um so definitely when I was writing it I used to kind of say some of the lines back just like as I was writing it and I was like okay is this something that someone would say does this sound natural um but a lot of it does have to do with the with the actors as well because you can take the best written line in the world and um, if you say it in a certain way, or, or if you say it wrong, it's not going to have the same effect. So, um, definitely, a big relationship between writer and actor.
1: And did it help that you were an actor yourself before going into this?
2: I guess so, yeah, because um, especially for the killing part, because obviously that's that's my character in the film. I could really um, envision. How I was going to how I was going to say certain lines and how I would approach certain scenes. Um, I never it was funny. I never actually like sat down and actually learned my own script. I think just from writing it and going over it so many times, mm. all the dialogue just sunk into my brain. so uh, I was kind of when you write uh, and you also act, it's kind of like uh, you're almost practicing for the role at the same time if that makes sense because yeah. you're just pouring over the script and the lines and things like that. So um, it's kind of a combination of the two.
1: That's brilliant. Um, do you have any tips for filmmakers, actually? Because I know a few filmmakers who do listen to my podcast. Um, so hi to all those people. Um, but anyone who wants to get into film or wants to start writing films or just acting in films, do you have any tips for those people?
2: Yeah, I mean, I would never be one to say, like, you know, this is what I did. You should copy that because I think everyone has their own their own style, obviously. And I'm just mm. one of a number of filmmakers. But um, I think the main thing is just make uh, again sounds kind of cliche but make th- things that you like because I think there is a kind of I think if you want to start out and you want to be known and you want people to hear about you I think there's a very easy route to go down of making things that you think others will like or seeing something that's been done a million times and think okay I, I should do that because that will that will get me notoriety or whatever I think you you have to make things that you like because I think people can kind of see through you otherwise if there isn't uh, passion behind what you do or um you know there's nothing worse than putting something out there that you don't actually like it kind of makes it very difficult to talk about and, and and watch back afterwards so um yeah just make things that that you like and also just don't wait for opportunities just make your own opportunities at the end of the day I think that's important
1: yeah and it's wonderful as well to hear you know you to make your own stuff because I feel like that's that's a trap that I've fell into at one time or another when I was starting to you know, yeah. get more and more into filmmaking. I was kind of writing my own scripts. And now I found a whole bucket of, of files on my laptop. I was cleaning it out the other day of all these mm-hmm. films. And it was so uh, cliché to many other films I had watched. I was like, why was I writing these? And actually, it's so funny that you said that Um because that was the trap I fell into as well. Just writing for, yeah. for the sake of yeah. it. Do you know what I mean?
2: Exactly. I mean, that that is important too, because I think... Sometimes like to get something good, you gotta kind of get some of the not so good and some of the like downright crap yeah. kind of out of the way at the same time. So um yeah, it, it, it's all a learning curve at the end of the day. I think uh, I think your net your first film is never gonna be good. like i' I'll, <laughs> I'll vouch for that too. Yeah, you never like your yeah. first work, but um it's all about just kind of continuing and and learning from every project that you work on.
1: That's it, that's it. uh, what's the biggest thing you learned from filmmaking actually so far?
2: I think for for me, it's not as much as uh, obviously the, the technical side is very important, and and you know everything from from the lighting and 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 how you shoot it and how you choose to shoot it. But I think I'm much more of a um, I kind of think of every project I approach in terms of the story first, if that makes sense. So I don't really. Yeah. I, I don't immediately think of like how is this film going to look or how i'm going to shoot this i really think of like the scenes and the characters and that's kind of how i break it down because i think sometimes as a filmmaker you can kind of get really obsessed with things that quite frankly audiences aren't going to to pick up on or or aren't going to notice so i i really try and make sure that um story and 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 character and i guess how um a film makes you feel um i try to make sure that all goes first because i'd quite frankly for me to be honest i would prefer something that's like semi well filmed but that makes me feel something or or, or that strike or you know sticks in my brain rather than something that's really well filmed but you kind of finish watching it and it kind of leaves you empty you know what i mean like you yeah. don't really you don't really take anything away from it so um that's i guess that's my my kind of style it's 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 definitely the the substance of the piece over anything else
1: yeah i love that i think that's really really nice that you put over just what you feel, because I definitely, I felt really like this, just warm, I guess, after watching that film, because it was just so full of hope at the end. It was just so lovely. To Good, just... yeah. Yeah, no, it really yeah, was. It really was just. Yeah,
2: hope, hope was definitely the key word there. Yeah, mm-hmm. hope, definitely. I think that was, that was something I really wanted to interject into it. So I'm glad you picked up on that. Yeah,
1: definitely came across. So for anyone who wants to watch the film, actually, where can they go and watch it? Because we've been talking about it now for ages and people are probably dying now to, to get to get to watch it
2: yeah so as of right now anyway it's it's streaming um as part of the Creative cork 2 program on um as part of the indie cork film festival which was a dream to get into um but i believe by the time this will be out it'll actually just be available um for free online um you can find the link over either on my instagram um uh, or any of my social medias really and, i'll put it down um, i'll put it yeah, down in the description be YouTube... below
1: as well so people can find it in the brilliant description perfect
2: below. Yeah, it'll either be a, a Vimeo or, or a YouTube link, but uh, yeah, we're we're kind of excited just to get everyone to see it now because uh, it's quite a timely piece as well. Like, and it's very much about Cork, so we really want to get it out as soon as possible.
1: Definitely, yeah. And can I ask why Cork City as well now? i actually have a good few listeners from cork would you believe um i was born in cork myself i have a special place for cork in my heart it's a beautiful beautiful cool. city um but why why cork city was it just where you were at that present time or
2: yeah i guess it's all i've ever known really i've never really been out of cork for for more than really two weeks at a time mm. um i think as well there's Especially with Irish films, I think there's and, and and it's fine and it's it's funny and things like that. But I think there's a, a kind of need sometimes to make a a very stereotypical look of of Ireland or of Cork and and, and of things like that. And it, yeah. I think I think there's nothing like overly Cork about it in the sense that they don't have like really strong Cork accents or there's not a lot of mm-hmm. um cliches or winking at the audience. But it really really kind of captures like the beauty of the city. And that's another thing. Like I never really. Um, appreciated like how nice and how many like kind of I guess you would say well-known locations and iconic landmarks are kind of around Cork so mm. um kind of yeah it kind of makes you appreciate Cork in a way so um yeah it was just that kind of showcasing its beauty but also not making it like ridiculously cliche or something like that so yeah
1: that's it it was wonderful it was shown in nighttime as well because I think you know during when, when people are, are filming I I get a I get really a Uptight about lighting um it 's something mm-hmm. that i just I always freak out about, and the way you just went about filming it in nighttime it was just something completely different to what I had seen in other people 's films and yeah. that I would have I mean, thought of that, doing myself
2: yeah that was that was mostly it was all actually all, all the nighttime stuff was um Adam Toomey who worked on, and Patrick obviously did the the drone shot, so mm. i can 't take any credit for that, but they they really did an amazing job I think there's also something quite um in a nice sort of way, almost quite like haunting as well about these yeah. these nighttime shots as well, especially during the, the the COVID times that they're in. It really kind of like brings home the situation that they're in. So um yeah, Adam and Patrick did an incredible job of that. Yeah, kind of
1: fair play to the entire to the entire crew that was on this film. I mean, fair, mm-hmm. it sounds like you put in your heart and soul into the film. I mean, the whole lot of you. So fair play to everybody involved.
2: Thank you so much. Honest Thank to you. God,
1: yeah. Um, quick question before I get to my final two questions, what if your fourteen-year-old self walked through the door there now, what advice would you give him?
2: I would just um go for it. I mean, there's so many, especially when I was younger. There's so many because I guess if you want to be a filmmaker and you want to be an actor, inherently you just got to put yourself out there as much as possible. And there's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I guess you can, especially at that age, you can be very self-conscious and think of like what are what are people going to say or how are people going to react or, um, I guess the big thing is like will. Yeah, will people like what I make but uh, at the end of the day like if, if you love something enough and if you like it enough you'll go for it anyway and I think it just takes time to realise that but um, you, you know obviously I hope people like the film obviously but like it almost in a way it almost doesn't matter because I'm very proud of it and I worked hard in it and uh, we all did so it was, it's almost the experience is gratifying enough so uh, to my 14 year old self I would just say you know if you're going to do it anyway just do it and uh don't care what others think
1: yeah that's fantastic i love that advice so daniel <laughs> i'm going to ask you the final two questions before i let you go uh what yeah. is a quote that you live by and why
2: uh, it's very similar to what i was just saying it's um if you make decisions based upon other people's reactions or judgments uh then you make really boring choices um, oh i haven't heard that one before that i like that she, yeah, it says that uh, one of my favorite actors is Heath Ledger, and it says that mm. he said it. Um, I couldn't find any video footage or anything like that uh, directly of him quoting that or saying it, but um, um, if he did say it, that's uh, yeah, it's definitely one I'd live by. I think it applies whether you're an actor, a or filmmaker, or, or just you know someone who works in a shop. No matter what you do, I think it's a good one to live by.
1: Yeah, that's a really lovely one. I haven't heard that one before. I really like it. Love finding new quotes that people tell me. It gets me so happy. Yes, um, exactly. <laughs> and the final question before I let you go, Daniel, is: What is one thing you would like people to take away from our conversation here today?
2: I guess that if 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 you if you want something, you you can't um, you can't really wait for for opportunities to come. I mean, you can you can put yourself out there as much as possible, and and you can hope and you can dream but you you really do gotta you gotta do things yourself because i think for me and for everyone who's involved in the film i mean getting it screened in the cine- in gate cinema and getting it streamed like that was all that was all because we had an idea and we had we were passionate about something and we wanted to do something so um yeah we just did it and and it's it's almost more more gratifying in that way so uh yeah definitely if, if, if there's something that, that you want to do and and you can't see um, someone else putting you in that situation or you can't see any opportunity arriving. Um, you really can just go out there and, and, and make it and do it yourself and, and uh, reap the rewards of it, basically.
1: 100%. I love that. So for anyone who wants to watch the film, you can find it in the description box below. Thank you so much, Daniel, for coming on. I really enjoyed chatting to you.
2: Thank you so much. This is really cool. Thank you.
1: No bother. Thanks for listening your time to
0: tune in Join Emily Save time next week On Talk About It